0: Welcome to the Mind Shifting Podcast. Here you'll find a weekly chat filled with topics that spark curiosity, knowledge, and interest. It's an honor to have you join us. This episode is going to be a bit different. Today, I will have a guest, as I like to call her, my podcast fairy. She is the editor of this podcast she comes up with the lovely jingles you guys enjoy and you keep texting me about saying you love the little transitions here and there and we have put together some of the questions from my weekly I do on my instagram page at mindshift.gr and we've sort of rounded up some questions that were either not so much repeated, but they were asked about in different ways from most of you. And I will have a moment to discuss it more in depth rather than just a quick response in an Instagram story. So my podcast fairy will be reading the questions and I will be responding. I hope you guys Enjoy this Q&A session and make sure to tune in on Instagram for the weekly q and I have there at mindshift.gr.
1: Asimina, do you have any ideas on how to love and accept ourselves? Hmm, ideas on how to love and accept ourselves.
0: I think the most important thing that we should consider, first of all, is what are the things we like about ourselves? Let's start with basic stuff. What are the qualities we appreciate in ourselves? We think that maybe if more people had these qualities, you know, the world would be a better place. So start by recognizing those qualities and then allow yourself the space to make mistakes. Don't be your worst critic, and I'm guilty of that. I used to be my harshest critic, but I realized that it doesn't help me in any way. If anything, I just put myself down before others do it. So start being softer and gentler to yourself. Make room for mistakes, make room for second guessing, and changing your mind and changing your opinion this is all welcome
1: why aren't we able to direct it as someone the truth? why is it expected for the other person to figure it out on their own the truth is a version of reality in my head
0: i might think that the truth is that i don't know today is friday but for someone else in the world it might be saturday so this is how i like to approach the concept of truth because each person has a different opinion of the truth in their mind Sometimes people take it upon themselves to not disclose the full truth because they think it's easier to create another version of reality, or they think it's easier and they'll save you of some pain if they don't disclose the truth. And essentially that puts you in the position of chasing down the other person to trying to find out their version of the truth. And that is discouraging and that's time consuming and it's exhausting. So I think in this case, stick to your truth make sure and try to have it as real as possible as closest to reality as possible don't expect the other person to tell you the truth if you ask the right questions perhaps you will get an answer that works for you but at the end of the day that might not even be the truth you are seeking for
1: When your boss is rude and misbehaves to his thing, what's the best way to react? So
0: people in these positions, people of power, such as your boss, your manager, someone who holds power over you, perhaps thinks that they can be rude and they can misbehave and act any way they choose against you and your team. The ideal way to react, I think for most people would be to talk back and lash out and maybe even exchange some words. But let's assume you can't do that because, you know, you might get fired. I think the best way to handle that is to remind yourself that, you know, that person's actions have nothing to do with you. The way your boss or your manager decides to treat people, those are his choices. They have nothing to do with you. So if you are to react, I think take a moment to react based on your own feelings. That could be that you feel sorry for them, that they have the need to speak in a certain way to people. After, you know, the first wave of anger sort of dials down, I think then I just end up feeling sorry for these people they think this is the best way to treat the team they work with so i would try to say react to your own feelings and not to the other person's actions
1: how can we better adjust the sudden changes of life so
0: life is all about changes and i think if anything this year has been the most instrumental example to understand how quickly life can change. There is no way to be actually prepared for everything life will throw at you, every curveball, but I think if you trust yourself, trust your instincts, you are confident in your abilities, and you have a tight group of people around you that are willing to help you settle into any changes, that is the best you can ask for in this kind of situation. There's no way to predict life's changes and there's no guarantee that even if you're living on edge, constantly prepared, that you're actually going to accept whatever life throws at you. Just trusting yourself and your abilities is the best thing you can do when facing these changes. Now, the second topic we discussed on the Q&A was thoughts before going to bed. This was a very interesting Q&A and I hope you guys find it interesting as well.
1: I think of all the things I have to do the next day and I worry.
0: So once the head hits the pillow, you just start making a mental list of every single thing you need to do the next day. And most likely you're going to worry and you're going to panic because you start making a mental plan of, okay, I need to do this. And in order to do this, I have to do that afterwards. It's a vicious cycle that you have to be the one to break it. The easiest thing you can do is have a notepad next to your bed and a pen, and immediately start writing down every thought that comes to mind when you write down something, it's as if you're taking it out of your mind and you're placing the weight on a piece of paper. And that does help certainly. But if that doesn't help, I would suggest before going to bed, make a plan of the next day. Don't try to make it down to the minute of every single thing, how it's going to play out, but just have a general scheme of how you want the next day to play out. Don't, you know, Burden your mind with these thoughts when you're in bed.
1: I should have done this, I should have done that.
0: Yes, I should have done this and I should have done that who doesn't do that because honestly i would like to meet a person who doesn't do that you start replaying in your mind the day that you just had and you think to yourself had i left five minutes earlier i would have done this and i could have done that and i should have spoken earlier to this person about that topic you just go through all the motions and you replay every conversation in your head there's nothing you can do i guess it's harsh but it's the truth Unless you can go back in time, there's really nothing you can do about repeating to yourself possible mistakes you made and trying to create different scenarios for things.
1: I think of why I did for all the day and if I should have done something differently.
0: And again, similar to the previous question. Okay, you think of scenarios of how things could have been played out differently. If that actually helps you and prepares you for the next time, then give it a try. But again, realize that there's no way you can go back in time and change what happened. But if you think to yourself that, okay, I left five minutes later, let me try to leave five minutes earlier, then yes, perhaps that will help you in the end. But replaying conversations and going over small tasks, I really don't think that replaying that in your mind can actually help. Another Q&A we had was about therapy and how do you know you have found the right therapist for you and just general questions in regards to this topic.
1: How do I know if a therapist is a good fit for me?
0: A lot of you did send in something similar. How do I know if a therapist is a good fit for me? Honestly, it's subjective. There is no proper checklist. There are some things you can keep in mind and there are some things you can look out for as you know traps, I guess. But at the end of the day, if someone works for you and you feel comfortable and you have trust for that person, that's the best thing you can ask for. As long as you feel safe and you go in and out of that office and you feel good with your decision, that's the best thing I can suggest as far as finding a good therapist and having a good therapist be the right fit for you. And I'd like to take a moment here and say that it's okay if you don't find the right therapist with the first try or the second try or the third try. You're not supposed to feel comfortable right away. And this doesn't put the weight or the blame on the therapist either. It doesn't mean they're not good at their jobs. It just means that You know, we vibe differently with certain people and you should have that expectation from yourself and from your therapist to have that good connection. So don't think something's wrong with you or that something's wrong with the therapist.
1: If you feel better after therapy, do you stop? See, this is tricky
0: because if you feel better after two weeks, no, I don't think you should stop. It's not a quick fix. Therapy isn't a band-aid. You can, you know, slap on your cut and things will get better. But if you feel better after a year, maybe two years, then discuss with your therapist and see if you can perhaps see each other You know, once a month, or maybe you can join a group if you'd like to continue with the process of therapy. You don't have to have something wrong with you to want to go to therapy. It's normal to want to discuss things with people and just hear another opinion on how things play out in your life. So if you feel good after a certain amount of time, perhaps discuss with your therapist and see if you can schedule different kinds of meetings or again if you can join a group
1: Why is there such stigma and prejudice in regards to therapy in Greece?
0: now this was a question that I received several messages about after I posted my answer since this question is specifically to Greece I can't say what the stigma is about therapy in the rest of the world but as far as Greece goes I think it has to do with the dynamic of the Greek family there is this notion that we have to keep everything close-knit and we have to only discuss amongst our families and we solve everything within the family there's no such thing as is asking for help or telling another person our worries and troubles if anything it's deemed as almost a sin like god forbid you speak to another person about your issues and your thoughts so I think this is the stigma and the misinterpretation around therapy in Greece is that why would you want to go to speak to someone else when mom and dad and grandma and grandpa we can solve everything for you you don't need to speak to someone else
1: I have a close friend that I think should seek therapy, but it's their choice. How do I help?
0: Now, this is tricky. How to encourage someone to go to therapy without it looking as if you're pushing them.
1: If you've been to
0: therapy yourself, I think the first thing you can do is start by acknowledging and sharing how it helped you and start by sharing what are the things that worked best for you and what made you in the first place seek help. And then how did you see yourself getting better day by day? This is the best thing you can do. If a person flat out asks you, can you suggest me someone to go to, then yes, I think you have every right to throw out some names and see how that works. But if it's a sensitive subject and you're not exactly sure how to approach it, I think the best thing is to put yourself in their position and start by sharing your own feelings and thoughts on the matter and then hope that that person will seek appropriate help.
1: How do you stop feeling angry with your parents?
0: You might never stop feeling angry with them. It might be a feeling that sort of lingers in your life for a very long time. But I think if you do end up stopping, you will be doing yourself a favor. I like to say that anger is a useless emotion. It is not productive. It doesn't help you in any way. It doesn't teach you a lesson. So if anything, you're just harming yourself by being angry. I think if you can set aside anger and choose to look at your parents' mistakes as lessons that you don't want to repeat in your life if you're a parent already or if you choose to be a parent in the future. I think instead of anger and instead of looking back at those mistakes with disgust, you should look at them as a lesson and remind yourself that I didn't appreciate the way my parents handled x topic, so I will try to do better. I will try to act differently. I will try to use the anger and disappointment disappointment I felt in the way they handled it and make it into something productive. And I will remind myself that I didn't enjoy the way that was handled so I can do better. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Q&A that we went into more detail and another one will be coming soon. As I said, there's a weekly Q&A on Instagram and I do tend to round up some questions and keep them for the podcast. So I hope if one of your questions was included in this podcast, I hope you enjoyed, you know, going into more detail or if someone just heard something informative and you enjoyed the perspective of the question and the answer. Feel free to contact me and send me a message as you guys have been doing already about your thoughts and feelings around this podcast. I welcome your feedback. I hope you enjoy the holidays. I hope you find some peace and quiet during these days and spend some time, some quality time with yourself and your loved ones. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and left you with some food for thought. Until next time, always remember to allow your mind the space to shift. Find us on Instagram at mindshift.gr or wherever you listen to your
1: podcast.